This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Who they? Who they? Who they think gonna beat them Bengals? Nobody. Yeah. Man, it feels good to be doing this for numerous reasons. I'm back home. My Cincinnati Bengals just beat the Shitsburg Steelers. At the at away, excuse me, the Bengals are away. 24-10. Domination. Feels good. Two and one Bengals. Listen. Every year, I'm gonna support them no matter what. Dog shit, good, not. This year's different. Our defense is fucking good. Joey Burrow, Jamar Chase. That's a combination you gotta have to get used to. But this is an NFL podcast. I'm just telling you, I'm in a good mood. We have a lot to unpack, to talk about. UFC 66, obviously the main focus. We got to go over my vacation week. I happen to be on John Anik and Kenny Florian's podcast. Got to talk about all that. Um, I'm excited to be home. Listen, I am pumped to be back home. Vacation was amazing. Uh, Spending a week with my family was incredible. My wife, my two daughters, and my mother. Seeing my grandparents. Listen, these fucking, they're 94, 93. Grandpa 94, Grandma 93. They are in incredible shape. My grandmother still rides a bike and delivers her tomatoes. She walks miles a day. She looks unreal. My grandfather, 94, blew his back out, right? So a couple years ago, my grandma fell and broke her leg, right? Recovered from it. They live in a, um, not like a nursing home, but a, a gated community where they, they live on their own, but there's like a, a place where it's like, hey, if you need help, we got you. One of those things. So she fell and broke her leg, right? And they had a nurse and everything ready for her. It's like a swanky place to push her around. My grandpa goes, nah, I'm doing it. That's when he was 92 years old. No one's pushing my wife around in a wheelchair. I'm doing it, right? Hurt his back. Blew his fucking disc out of his back doing that for his wife. This guy's 94. They can't operate on it because he's 94, but he looks amazing. It's unbelievable how good they look. Amazing time. Kids loved it. Little... The weather was rough. Listen, we're not, we usually go in June. We couldn't go in June because of COVID. My grandparents were on lockdown. We got to go in September. You know, a couple really bad days. It was a little chilly on some days. You know, I'm a little sick. Daughter got sick uh, just from being wet and in the cold, but worth it. I do it all over again. It was, it was exactly what I needed, exactly what my family needed. A nice little break from the everyday and uh, just relax, you know, just relax. My mother needed it too. And, uh, yeah, had a great time. Had Christian, Christian Costello, part of this podcast, literally half mile down the road and we can never link up. You know, this guy went and visited his cousin. He's got things going on. I'm a father of two. I'm in bed at 10 PM. You know, this guy's out, you know, just getting the night started at 10 PM. So, uh, we never crossed paths. And then we left early Friday cause of some shit happened. My mom hurt her leg and we were going to leave Saturday morning. I just decided, listen, one of my superpowers is I could I could probably drive a car for 48 hours, you know, nonstop. I truly think I could. I've done some long trips on very little sleep, and, and I'm rock solid. So after our dinner with our grandparents, we left early on Friday night because daughter was sick, crabby. Our youngest wasn't sleeping well in her little, you know, fucking um, pack and play thing. She wasn't having it. Wasn't sleeping great. I didn't get great sleep the, uh, Thursday going into Friday. And after dinner, it was like eight o'clock. You know, we were going to leave early Saturday morning. I was like, you know what? We all we're all ready. My mom's got a, a thing on her leg uh, that you know is, it looked kind of infected, uh, a gash, and she was freaking out about it. So I'm like, fuck it, let's go. Let's drive through the night. So I drove through the night. Not a problem. That's my superpower. My mom, you okay? You doing? Everyone's asleep. Your boy just chugging for 10 hours. Let us listen to some potties, listen to some podcasts. Not a big deal, but amazing, amazing trip. Needed it. Loved it so much. Wish I could have saw Christian, but I, you know, listen, when we get together, when we make a, an MMA takes outing, this could be Christian and Timbo. Timbo couldn't make this one. So I want to meet them all at the same time. Let's do Let's go. Let's do it. Um, listen, not to bury the lead. Your boy was on John Anik and Kenny Florian's podcast. Okay. Now, how did this happen? How did uh, all this start? So three years ago, I was on before, right? I was on episode 176. I had the podcast then. 
I was fairly new to, I had a website too. I started with a website, went to a pocket, but you know, I wrote in, I emailed Anakin Florian and this is when they had TJ DeSantis producing it. This is when they were on Fox. Um, so they had Fox producers and I remember writing in and like three months later, I, I got to be a guest and pick against Kenny Florian on the uh, <clears throat> Anthony Smith Vulcan Ozemir card. I beat him. I beat him 4-1. No big deal. Sorry, Ken Flo. But this time they approached me, which I thought was pretty cool. So they had a guy, if you're not familiar with the podcast, which you are, and if you're listening to this because you saw me in the Anakin Florian podcast, what's up? Welcome to the show. We're going to get the fights, I promise. The first half's a lot of me just yapping, okay? But I think people are interested in this. So um, they emailed me on Friday. I'm trying to take a nap, right? Because I got we're leaving Saturday morning at 4 a.m. for vacation. So I try to take a nap on Friday. I get an email from uh, Anakin Florian saying, hey, do you want to do the show on Monday? And I'm like, oh, UFC 266, the biggest fucking pay-per-view of the year so far. Uh, Nick Diaz return, Volkanovski, Ortega, Shochanko, Murphy. Do I want to do it? Yeah, let's go, right? So then I couldn't nap because I'm all excited. Then I start preparing the picks. They email me what seven picks we're doing. You know, it's a big opportunity. I didn't want to let on. I didn't want to be like, hey, I've been on the show before. Beat Kenny. Because I, they didn't remember me because the first time I was on, it was just Brian Petrie. It wasn't MMA takes. I didn't mention it. I didn't plug it. Uh, didn't even bring it up during the interview. I don't even think they knew I had a podcast. I was just a guest picker that they went down the line. Oh, this is this guy's turn this week or or, or whatever, right? Um, and I was episode one seventy six. I still have it on my iPhone, so I was on there. I've listened to it back. It took me a while. It was it was via phone, and it was okay, right? I mean, obviously, I did well in the picks, but I don't feel like I shine the way I should. So I'm a goofier guy i like to have fun if you listen to any of my breakdowns i don't go straight technical all the time i try to make it entertaining because there's a million people in this space that are doing this that are very very good some are dry some are whatever i try to make it entertaining i try to have my personality show and and you know if you ask my family if you ask guys i work with that i see every day i'm a ball buster i'm a goofy guy and uh the first time i was on the podcast maybe it was a little tight maybe it was a little too tight Right, a little wound up, man. Starstruck. I'm talking to John and Kenny Florian, whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, so I mean, obviously it went well with the picks, but I, I, I don't think I don't think I blew it, but I don't think I shined. So I didn't bring that up, you know, because they approached me this time, right? And um, you know, Cody Merrow, he follows me on Twitter. I don't know if it was a Cody thing or if a John thing or whatever. John now follows me on Twitter as well. Either way. I, of course, I accept it, but I'm going to be on the beach on Monday, right? We're leaving Saturday, so I had to pack a little roadie mic. So now the OCD, you know, I've put a lot of money into my studio, my spare bedroom studio, whatever you want to call it, and it's like the once, now I'm getting my shot, and I'm going to be on a beach. So I'm worrying about my sound. I'm worrying about lighting. I'm worried about all these fucking things. I told you I was going to bring a microphone on the beach, to record a recap podcast and do the pick them because I couldn't pass it up on such a big card. But then obviously this happened and I just, I wanted it to be perfect. I really wanted to excel. So but you got to work with what you get. You know what I mean? So I'm on the beach. I fucking had to get a bunch of books. We're in a condo, you know, someone, you know, ran it. It's like an Airbnb type deal. We're on a condo on the beach. They had all these books. I stacked all these books up. So it's, you know, my laptop's like, I level, right? I didn't really bring much. I didn't bring my hard drive. That's why in the Pick'em podcast on Thursday, there's no graphics. There's no, you know, nothing. It was, it was no music. It was embarrassing, but I had to get it out because it's such a big card. I'm, I'm, you know, that's a whole nother thing, but I'm, I'm actually terrified of the Pick'em we did, uh, on, you know, good picks, you know, Tim did well. I did well. Tim beat me in, in the Pick'em challenge. We'll get to that, but uh, so I, you know, I, I just overthink things, but this time I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Right. It's not about presentation. It's not about this. Not, you just fucking bring the content, Brian, bring you be you. You know, I rarely get nervous. The first time I wasn't really, I remember not being nervous, but I was a little tight. You can tell this time. I'm like, just let it go. Right. Just fucking be you do what you do every fucking week when you pick these fights. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I got on and, and before we rolled and was like, Hey, you know, I was going, him and Kenny are fucking aces. They're the best. Cody Merrow, their producer, cool guy. Ray, who I didn't get to talk to. I mean, fucking it's Ray Longo. He's, he's a legend. Uh, and it went well. I thought it went well. You know, Kenny beat me on the picks. Um, you know, he it really came down to the main event. A lot of our picks were the same. 
I had Rosenstruck. He had Blades. He got Blades. I took a dog shot on Rosenstruck. And then he went Nazareth Hooker. I had Hooker. He had Nazareth. Then the rest of the fights, we were the same. And then the main event, we differed as well. I had Ortega. He had Volkanovski. So he ended up... Uh, he ended up getting me on that one. Um, and, uh, yeah, but it was a lot of fun. And, and I got some good feedback on on YouTube. You know, a lot of comments saying that, you know, they liked it because they had a uh, a guy, Ian Parker. He was like, their, their, uh, they stopped doing the guest picks because it became a lot to always find someone to make sure they show up and yada, yada. Uh, they found a guy, Ian Parker, who uh, who was doing picks for a couple of years. Now he's on uh, ESPN, got hired from ESPN. Which, listen, I've, I've said some shit about Ian Parker um, you know, you know, I, I, maybe it was jealousy. I don't really know. I don't think so. I don't know if it was jealousy or not when he got the Anakin Florian gig. I just, I, I don't know if I liked him, right? I thought he added kind of a weird thing to the pickums, you know, but I think it was better than a, a guest caller every week. Cause some of those callers were really bad. At least he knew his shit and he was a gambler. You know what I mean? That's all you got to ask. You got to ask a guy who's really putting his own money down and he knows his stuff. Uh, I just don't know if I vibed with him in the beginning. And then you, you kind of get used to him, right? You kind of get used to him. I just don't know if his personality and my personality mesh. However, I think it's a good hire by ESPN because I've always said they just keep recycling guys to fit their content. Like Ryan Clark, a former football player, is doing a show with DC about MMA. I don't care if Ryan Clark knows everything there is to know about MMA. I think that needs to be an MMA guy in there who's only doing MMA. And Chael Sun has a show with some other guy. I don't really watch that show. But Ian Parker, fresh blood. I like the hire by ESPN. They're, they're bringing in non-dinosaurs and guys who are just good. You know, they're bringing boxing guys over to talk MMA. It's like, no, here's an MMA guy. And that's what Ian Parker is, an MMA guy. So uh, happy for him. Good for him. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a cool thing. So they're, I, I think, and this is just me theorizing, I think they're going to either rotate a handful of cappers for Anakin Florian or they're looking for um, a replacement. I don't really know. I had a lot of fun. I think John Annick's a legend. I love Kenny Florian. I've always liked his takes. I think he's one of the better uh, commentators UFC's ever had. Um, and it sucks that he's not there anymore. He's at the PFL. He's doing a great job at PFL. But uh, I don't really know what's going on with that show. I love the show. I listen to it every Monday, Tuesday, whenever it's on. Uh, it, it's one of the few MMA podcasts I listen to. I, I, use, I listen to a lot. But this is the one where I actually listen to. I'll scrub through some guy. Be like, oh, here's a guy who's got 8,000 followers on Twitter that has a podcast. Let's check his YouTube out. Let's check his audio out. Let's check his content out. And a lot of times I can't get through it, if I'm being honest with you. A lot of times it's just not my not my style. But uh, Anna Gaforian's been a, a steady constant. They're great podcast, great dudes. And uh, it was fun. You know, I had a lot of, a lot of uh, fun doing that. It was cool. Good good little exposure. Got a couple followers out of it. Got a couple cool comments out of it. I did beef up. I said Derek Henry instead of Derek Lewis. Got roasted a little bit on the comments in the in on YouTube. Rightfully so. Let me have it. Bring the hammer down. Cause uh yeah, I fucked up. I first said Derek Henry he killed me in fantasy football. It was in my head. Whatever. Whatever. Right? Fucked up. Love it. Bring it. Bring the heat. I'm not sensitive. I could take it. But a lot of fun, a lot, a lot of fun. Um, Anik, I did the whole, sh- I shaved my head because my hair was looking rough and I kind of did it because Anik asked me and I know he doesn't like doing, uh, I don't know he doesn't like doing hair. So I led with that right then and there. He's like, listen, I don't care how this goes. You're coming back. So that was cool. I, some positive uh, feedback. I love to do it again. I think it's fun picking against them and, and it's a fun podcast. You know what I mean? Good exposure. Uh, they should be bigger than what they are. I mean, they're they're a big podcast. They got 20 something thousand subscribers or whatever, but they should be bigger because it's, it's, it's great. It's a great podcast for MMA. Ray Longo's must see John Annex hilarious. Kenny Florian is, is super smart when it comes to technical stuff. So yeah, happy to do it. And I'm glad I didn't bring up that I've been on before. Cause then they're like, Oh, we've had you on before. Oh, well you mustn't, you must've sucked then. So you're going to suck now. <laughs> you know, the first time I was on little tight, little tight one this time, very loose goosey. Having having fun, but I lost. The one pick I kind of regret was Rosenstruck. I wanted to take a dog. I wasn't going to be a chalk player. You know, it is what it is. So, um, a lot of fun. So this week's been it's been it's been fun, man. It's been fun being home. I just think it's funny that I put all this money into this setup, and it's exactly the way I want. And then I get a kind of a good size break with being on Anakin Florian, 
where I could show off my good audio and my setup and all this stuff. And I'm fucking on the beach. I'm on a fucking condo on the beach. But them the breaks, huh? Them are the breaks. That's what you do. That's what happens. Um, but it was fun. Yeah. Hopefully I'll get brought back on. And if not, hopefully they get a guy who uh who knows what the fuck he's talking about, right? You know, Ian Parker again started off rough for me just because, you know. I, 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 did, I didn't really vibe with him, and that's just nothing he did wrong. That's just my opinion. Hopefully they get a guy that knows his shit like Ian did because Ian did know his shit. Ian is is obviously got worked with, uh, what the fuck's that guy's name? Um, the WWE guy, the fucking uh, coach. He he does a, he works for some sports website, right? The, who does he work for? He might work for ESPN, fuck all I know, but he has a, he has a gambling show, and... Uh, Ian Parker was on that with him and he, and he did some of the PFL stuff and uh, yeah. And now he's on ESPN again. I, I, I love the hire from ESPN, bring us some new blood, bring us some new talent, bring in some true MMA guys. Listen, MMA has been one of your more successful programming options on the platform. They break records with pay-per-view. You need guys who know what the fuck they're talking about. Like they have that on the line show with Yanni, the Greek and the other guy. I don't necessarily like Yanni the Greek, but at least they're bringing in MMA guys. I don't know if Yanni's an MMA guy. I think he just might be a capper uh, that bets MMA. I don't know how big of an MMA guy he is. He does a lot of number stuff. I feel like he's got like a whole computer algorithm thing. There's no gut picks. It's just kind of like, well, he's what the numbers tell me. You know, uh, I know people like him. I, I you know, just, again, not my kind of guy, but that's just me. I don't like a lot of people. I'm fucking weird. Right. You know, it's all it's me. It's me is what it is. But yeah, a lot of fun. So if you haven't listened, go listen. Episode 317, Anakin Florian. I have no idea. You know, I comment on the main event challenge. I don't have a timestamp or anything like that. It was a lot of fun. It's on video too. Anakin Florian podcast on uh, YouTube. Go subscribe. Go like the video. Go comment. Go do whatever. Um, show your boy some love. Show that that channel some love. Uh, it's It's a great podcast. So that was a lot of fun. I was honored to do it. And, uh, yeah, I wish I would have won, but then the breaks, right? I'm picking against Kenny Florian for Christ's sakes. Um, UFC 266, we got to get into it. We have to get into it. This is the recap show. I did not recap um, the last Smith and Span. I did pretty well on that card. So let's, let's go back briefly. So I was going to do a recap show on the beach, but... Um, which am I call it? I did the Anakin Florian podcast, so then everything got kind of thrown out of proportion for me. So I was like, "Oh fuck!" I just do the pick them, yada yada. All right, so I went ten and three on my picks. I picked pretty good. Uh, I hit my um, slime ball parlay hits, which was very nice. But let's run through the fights: Anthony Smith with Ryan Span. Anthony Smith, five star man. I'm a five star man, baby. Uh, Ryan Span is zero. I mean, I, I I tweeted out that I thought Ryan Pan Ryan's Pan Ryan Span stunk. I think he stinks. I don't know what they were thinking putting him in the main event. That's how light two hundred five is. Uh, but Anthony Smith looked good. He looked like a killer in there. There was some bad blood after the fight, which I love, just intensity. But Anthony Smith fucked him up, pieced him up on the ground, and then and then choked him out. Uh, big win for Anthony Smith, who. When this guy's on, he's dangerous, right? And I like him at 205. Looked like he sized up a little bit. I think they talked about it. Um, like him at 205. Uh, Ian Kutalaba versus Devin Clark. Great fight. Devin Clark showed a tremendous amount of heart in this fight. Could have quit. His teeth were pushed back. Uh, thought he had a broken jaw. He was all kind of fucked up. You know, he looked at his corners, like, look at my teeth. And they're like, well, we got to go. If you don't want to go, you don't want to go. And he goes, no, nah, fuck it. That's surgery anyway. Let's go. I love that mentality. Um, you know, this isn't an eye poke situation. This is this motherfucker's teeth pushed back, which is extremely painful and possible broken jaw, which it wasn't, but it could have been. And, uh, he was like, no, let's keep going. Then you got guys who are getting eye poked that, I mean, there's a question, is it a real eye poke or not that are quitting? So big props to Devin Clark. He gets a three. Kutalaba gets a three as well. Uh, I thought Kutalaba looked really good here. You know, cardio checked out his grappling checked out his violence is always there. Um, they both get a three because I thought it was a very entertaining fight. And Devin Clark just fucking tough. But no, uh, I, I didn't think it was a robbery at all. Or excuse me, I didn't think it was that close of a fight. I thought Kutalaba won, but they just happened to both get threes. Manny Bone versus Adrian Lipsky. Lipsky gets a three. Bone gets a one. I had uh, Bone here at the underdog. 
uh, I don't know how this girl made the UFC. Um, very long, lean, and just not really great every, anywhere. So what are you going to do? Armand Tesharian versus Christian Giagos. I had uh, Armand as my mortal lock. Mine is 800. It was a gross mortal lock. He also was on my slime ball, but he gets a five stars. Yes. Yeah, five star man! It, it's, it's very hard on this program to get a five-star performance based off you being a minus 800 that's you you you're supposed to win but jagos is is durable and he's tough and he's gritty and armand doesn't have a finish in ufc yet goes out there and finishes him in the first round that's why you get five stars this kid's a problem cardio's there striking's there power's there wrestling's there uh the sky's the limit for him at 155 he is a motherfucking handful uh nate manis is tony gravely he's my dog lot old nate manis Local boy gets four stars. Gravely gets three. Manus, rough first round. Tony Gravely, a fucking vet, a stud. Broke Manus's jaw at the end of that first round. Had him hurt bad. Manus comes out knowing his jaw's broken in that second round. Catches Gravely, knocks him out. Unbelievable performance. Catch my dog lock there. Plus 175 is what I got him at. Uh, incredible stuff. Incredible stuff. So then you got Joaquin Buckley versus Ontario Royal. I missed this fight um, because I was driving. Or, no, this is right when I got to the beach. So I was like, you know, at the beach with the family and stuff. And I missed this fight. Uh, Buckley knocked him out in the third round. I had a Royal here as a dog, plus 170. I betted him too. Uh, Buckley didn't do much until the third round. Had power. You know, Antonio Royal, from everything what my boys tell me, uh, he was in control of the fight and just, you know, slowed down and got knocked out. That's his That's his rap. You know, you know he's done in the OC, in my opinion. That's three in a row now. Uh, and Chukwu versus Mike Rodriguez. This was my send him home. Uh, I don't know if I took this as a as a bet as a send home. I might have, but Enchuku beat Mike Rodriguez by decision. Missed this fight as well. Um, yeah, that that one uh, that was not good. Raquel Pennington versus Panic Azad. I had Pennington straight up here, minus 130. I thought the line was a little weird here. She won a decision. I had this fight going to decision. That could have been my moral lock as well. Uh, Raquel Pennington just, just fought better people. That's all it is. She's fought better better fighters. Than Panny and and Panny's just it's, she's just not that girl. Right? Not that guy, pal. Trust me, you're not that guy. She's not that guy. Uh, Zoo wrong versus Brandon Jenkins. I had wrong here. Didn't bet it, but uh, you know, wrong looked good. Knocked out Jenkins. Uh, and then we had Montel Jackson was uh, JP Bays. That was another one of my uh, slime ball parlays. Montel Jackson minus six thirty. This guy needs to learn how to finish. You know what I mean? He hurt Bays a lot and just. There's no killer instinct on the ground. He gets a three base, gets a two from just being tough. Um, his left hands were sharp all night. His right hands were sharp all night. Montel's a big kid for this division. He's only getting better. I know he's a good wrestler. I know this. I took a flyer with Montel by submission. I thought he might have had a choke at one point. Did not. But you got to finish that fight. JP Bates was out on his feet. Showed tremendous heart, but fuck. You have to finish. Uh, final leg of my slime ball was Aaron Blanchfield. Uh, minus 320 over Sarah Alpar. Blanchfield... Young, raw, scrappy, good cardio, good kicks, hands need to work, needs to move her head, wrestling okay, but she's so young that, uh, you know, I, I was impressed with her. You know, Sarah Alpar, uh, kind of a vet, you know, but, you know, this this was a good um, debut for her, uh, in my opinion. Aaron Blanchard looked good. That's three stars to one. Impa Kasanai versus Carlson Harris. I had Impa and Carlson. Uh, Impa gets a two, Carlson gets a three. Impa, I love this guy. Sweet, sweet, sweet man, but man, um, you know, it's easy to say chin issue. I think it maybe might be a defense issue. He looked a little um, too aggressive, too willing to get into the pocket, and Harrison just caught him. You know, Harris is a uh, submission guy, uh, good on the ground, but, you know, he, he can knock you fucking dead too, and uh, he looked great, and Impa, you know, ripped his shit at 170. You know, I don't know. I love the guy, though. And then you had uh, Gustavo Lopez versus Haile Antong. I was on Lopez. Had him as a uh, dog as well. Took the bet. Uh, took the bet. Both guys got three stars as a draw. I thought Lopez won the fight. Very competitive fight. Emily Whitmire versus Hannah Goldie. I had Goldie as an underdog as well. Uh, Goldie submitted Whitmire with an arm bar. I don't know what Whitmire was thinking, considering I saw that arm bar coming from fucking Wilmington, North Carolina. All right, UFC 266. Just wanted to recap the fight night. Did pretty good on my betting. This card, not so good, right? Um, so we'll get the betting recap out of the way. I had a lot of straight picks. I avoided parlay, or excuse me, I avoided props because I can't fucking win on the props. I'm down two units on the night, almost three. Um, so my 
my slime ball, which ah, this is on me. Okay. Buddy texted me, said, Hey, you haven't put up the podcast yet. What's your slime ball? And I said, well, it was going to be man and for up Jessica Andrade and, um, man and for up Jessica Andrade and Tyler Santos. I liked a female. I was going to do like a whole, like, you know how the slime, you know, slime ball comes from Slimer from Ghostbusters. They did the woman's Ghostbusters. I was going to do a whole little thing about that, but Fjallt pulled out or something happened. Their fight got rescheduled COVID or whatever. So then I had to, I had to re- regroup. So I had Santos and uh, Andrade, and then I flirted with the third spot. I texted my buddy, Andrade, who was very confident to win. Um, Santos was very confident to win as well. And I texted him Sellensberger, right? They all won. If I would have listened to my own fucking advice, I would have won. Problem is, did the podcast with Timbo. I'm in North Carolina, you can't bet. Did the podcast with Timbo. Driving through the night. Driving through West Virginia. West Virginia. I sung that the whole time. Driving through West Virginia, which is legal. Pop on Fandle, right? Start placing my bets as I'm driving at four in the morning. And for some reason, Timbo and I talked about Usha Medic being being the guy, right? And I picked him over Jalen Turner. Um, it was 7-0. and I, I get the googly eyes for the young fucking studs, the 7-0s, the confident kids coming off the good I get the googly eyes. Sometimes I forget maybe a guy they're fighting is established and good and has fought better competition. doesn't matter. Anyway, I passed on the minus 500 or whatever Sellenberger was because that was going to be, I think, a minus 167 parlay. Two units on it, though, so I would have won some Kiesh. Instead, I went Uso Medic, minus 120. The parlay came out to be plus 210, put two units on it, right? And I was confident in it. Obviously, Medic's lost, so I'm a 2-3 on my parlay. Slimeball dead. Um, so the bets I did win were Dan Hooker and Marab Dallas Willie. I, I, I put those straight up. 1.5 units on Marab, 0.9 units on Dan Hooker, and then I had 0.6 units on... Uh, Nick, or was that 0.8? Yeah, 0.8 units on Nick Diaz to beat Robbie Lawler. And then one full unit on Brian Ortega to beat Alexander Volkanovsky. Two units on the slime ball parlay. So I'm down two units. Um, but yeah, so he, he, I don't know what I was thinking. Here's my uh, my recap for um, for the the fight, uh, the Smith fight. So Anthony Smith, Ryan Spann, one full unit on uh, Smith. Nate Mann has 0.8 units over Tony Gravely. Raquel Pennington, 0.6 units over Penny Kazad. And then my uh, parlay was Jackson, Tesharian, Blanchfield, two units at minus 163. And then I had two props. I had uh, Inchu Cool versus Rodriguez under two and a half rounds. That lost. And then Raquel Pennington and and Penny Kazad to go to decision. I put 0.6 units on that. That was at minus 360 or whatever. Just sometimes you need a dub. Okay, so let's get to the recap. That's the betting recap. Uh, yeah, so what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I'm excited. Listen, main event. on Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega. Woo! I hope I blew your ears out because this fight, fuck me. I tweeted out, and I wholeheartedly believe this, and I have said this on numerous occasions. How is this not everyone's favorite sport? That main event was absolutely fucking insane. Two guys at the highest level in their prime in one of the hardest sports in the world and fucking (laughs) went to war. Absolutely went to war. Both guys showed so much toughness, so much grit. It is unfucking believable And this is the first time ever that both fighters get a five-star. Have a five-star man! That one's for Volkanovski. This one's for Ortega. Have a five-star man! I mean, holy shit, boys. I mean, I was on Ortega. He was my dog lock. I picked him on the Anakin Florian as well. I betted him straight up. I thought he had the number. This is here, Here's what's rare for me, right? Is before I was a capper, and really before I even gambled, I, uh, I me and my buddy, we wa- I mean, we I would watch every MMA, but, you know, my buddy did too. And we would have, like, gut feelings. And my gut feeling, when it's really strong, has never really, I mean, of course it's been wrong, but has, you know, not, you know, uh, what, what I'm trying to say here, it, it's more right than not. 
It's this intuition, you know, whatever. And when Ortega was coming out, he had a dope walkout with the purge. And all week with Volkanovski just kind of coming outside of his own character a little bit. I'm like, dude, fucking Ortega's got this. And I I, I had this, the strongest gut feeling that I'm winning this fight. Right? If I would, if Ortega would have won, I would have won Tim and I's pick him. And I would have beat Kenny. And I would have won my bet. Right? So I had a lot of riding on Ortega. And I, maybe I was just like willing myself. And that's why I had the gut feeling. But usually I've never like been this fucking wrong before right but but also i've also admitted on on both podcasts that i fucking cannot get volkanovsky right i can't every time he fights and i pick against him bet him hammer him because i can't get this fucking dude right i doubt him and i and there's no reason for me not to he's a fantastic fighter i realize how skilled he is his his feints and his in his in his footwork and, and his punching power and he's hard to hit and, and his cardio and mixing everything together so well. He's a true mixed martial artist. Seems like a good guy. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. But I can't fucking get behind him. And it's not like I'm Ortega fan, right? Ortega's kind of cringy to me, right? I didn't love him on the Ultimate Fighter. I saw some of the embeddeds where he's doing the fucking Kenya Dick this Kenya Dick Fitting whatever the fuck those TikTok jokes are. He's not my kind of guy, you know, but when you take those away, I'm just looking at skill for skill. I thought Ortega had more ways to finish. Now, this fight, fuck me, started off Ortega, didn't want to grapple at all, was all stand up, and and, and Ortega, biggest problem in the uh, Holloway fight, just like it's been in pretty much his whole career, was he, he likes to get hit. Guy's got a hell of a chin, warrior spirit, but Orlovsky, excuse me, Orlovsky, Volkanovsky was landing his right hand quite a bit. And start marking up the face a little bit. Laying his jab as well. Throwing some leg kicks. Ortega came out southpaw. Was switching stances a little bit. But I thought it was smart coming out southpaw. That way you take away Volkanovski's uh, calf kick. But I think Ortega's better, you know, right-handed. Orthodox. But um, kind of a chess match early on, right? Volkanovski up two rounds, in my opinion. Then you go to the third round. And it was like a weird kick punch. I don't think Volkanovski got dropped. But, you know, it went to his back on a punch thrown by Ortega. And he snapped up the neck. Full mount guillotine, which is usually fucking death. And it was close. And or that's Ortega's move. He's got a hell of a squeeze. And Volkanovski just found a way out, right? Found a way out of that. And he admitted it was tight. He was thinking, I'm going to lose my belt. He was fighting it. And Ortega said he was squeezing. He heard him gurgling. And somehow fucking Volkanovski got out. And then Ortega's arms are gassed. So then Volkanovski just starts raining down fucking blows. Heavy ground and pound. Then Brian Ortega's name's T-City for Triangle City. He throws up a triangle. I was like, holy shit, he's fucking got it. I'm screaming at the TV. I'm going nuts. And fucking Volkanovski gets out. He gets out of it. And then Ortega's even more gassed. Barely can get up at the end of round three. Round three was... Maybe one of the rounds of the year, if not round of the year. I mean, Marab and Marais, round one, could give him some run from the money, but round three was unbelievable. And Ortega took a lot of shots on the ground. He's fucking completely, his legs are gone from the triangle attempt. His arms are gone from the guillotine attempt. He waddles back to the corner, comes out in round four, looking a little worse for wear. There was conversations maybe stopping the fight or not in between rounds because he can barely get up taking some shots for Volkanovski, but he, he slowly came back in that in that fourth round as well. He, I mean, he lost the round, but he was slowly kind of getting with it. Fifth round, you have to dig deep, brother. I think maybe the fourth or fifth round, he did go for a, a Darce choke, uh, a Darce attempt that it wasn't even close. Um, and then, you know, but he went for it, right? And then fifth round, you dig deep. He won the fifth round. I, I, had, I, had, I had Ortega winning three and five. Um, because that guillotine and, and those triangles were fight enders. So that he was the only fighter uh, in that round that I thought, I mean, Volkanovski did land some good ground and pound that could have been stopped, but um, those those submission attempts were tight. I had him winning three and five, and then five, he battled back. He was exhausted. Volkanovski finally looked like he was slowing down a little bit. Maybe knew he was up and maybe knew, like, let me, let me just kind of coast here. But Ortega put it on him at the end of that fifth round, and it was just... This is what I fucking love about this sport is is people who watch a sport who don't know how fucking hard it is, how hard it is to train, how hard it is to become good, let alone perform like that in front of thousands in the stands and millions at home. 
and be on the top level always. It's a mental fuck. And then Ortega just showing his heart and his fucking toughness as well. He took some big, big shots in there. Didn't flinch. Went for it. You know, could have quit. Could have not answered the bell, but he didn't. He stuck in there and he kept plugging and had a good fifth round. And someone tweeted out, Ortega didn't lose, he just ran out of time. I don't know about that because Volkanovski, I think, maybe took off the brakes a little bit because Volkanovski wasn't slowing down either. That guy's a fucking machine. But, um, man, I'm just, I'm so impressed with with Ortega and Volkanovski, a guy who, for whatever reason, I've never given him in his due. I, I've always uh, went against him for whatever reason. But he is an absolute stud. Getting out of three submissions, two that were incredibly tight, Having the cardio that he has, all the uh, he didn't get to train with his real like he, he he trains in Australia with Joe Osborne, but he also goes to city kickboxing to work with those guys. Didn't get to do that. Uh, Australia is super locked down, so he's probably training in a garage or whatever. Limited access to training partners, and he still goes in there. He's he's a fucking big time game fighter. When the bright lights are on, he fucking shows. And uh, couldn't be more impressed with Volkanovski either. This is again first five star performance for both guys. I love that's this fight. I think if Holloway destroys you a year, it's got to be Holloway, Volkanovski three. I think you got to do it. Ortega's got to get a win or two because I would love to see a rematch between these two. Um, incredible performance, incredible main event, one of the best fights I've ever seen. I loved it, uh, and it was it was it was amazing. It was incredible. It made me forget that I lost money and that I lost the pick'em. And speaking of pick'em, Timbo, Tim Mitchell, our guy, he won. He won on the pick'ems. Came down to the main event. He had a nice hit on Jonathan Pierce. Ultimately, that's what kind of kind of locked it up for him is he didn't play many underdogs, but he the one and neither did I, but the ones he played, he hit. Um obviously we were opposite on blades. He had his mortal lock on uh on Marab, which was which was nice. And then uh yeah. So it was close, but uh it came down to the main event, but Timbo gets it. I went eight and five on my picks if I didn't say that. Co-main event out Valentina Shotanka versus Lauren Murphy. I was critical last night. You know, you guys know I do my patent and star system. Everyone's trying to get it. Everyone's you know emailing me, DMing me. Hey, how do you fucking, how do I get that? Uh, it's crazy. Um, but uh, uh, I was harsh last night. Uh, Lauren Murphy gets a zero. She did nothing, right? She stood in front of Valentina scared. You are a scrappy dogfighter. You don't win fights because you got the best boxing, you got the best stand-up. You don't win fights because you have the best jiu-jitsu. You win fights because you're scrappy and you make it ugly. And you get in there and you clinch up and you take them down and maybe get a submission, but you beat them up and you you use your cardio as a weapon. You make it ugly. Laura Murphy is physical. She froze. She did nothing. Valentina, one of the great, the second greatest female fighter in the world uh, behind Amanda Nunes, Looked incredible. She st- stood up with her, landed those counter right hands, took her down, beat her up when she wanted to, almost finished uh, finished her a few times. Valentina gets a four. Could have been another five-star performance. I don't know why I gave her four, but Laura, Mur- Laura Murphy gets a zero. I don't even know if she landed a punch. Um, She did nothing in there. Nothing, you know. Showed some toughness because she was getting that right, uh, her left eye beat up with that right hand. Um, But, yeah, it showed me nothing. Really, you know, just show me nothing. Looked like she was happy. And, you know, she's 38 years old in, in her walkout. She seemed confident, calm, but it seemed like she was just happy to getting a title shot. I feel like she can end her career going, well, mommy fought for the title against a badass, you know, Russian spy. That's going to be the, the end of her story. I think she's okay with that um and uh I, I it was very uninspiring i know she's a plus 900 whatever but everything she's been through i expected a little more of course i didn't expect her to win valentina as a fucking freak but i expected a little more and her and, and i and i and usually i don't love the commentators or whatever but dc was 100 percent right on the corner i mean i know lauren murphy maybe responds well to positive feedback, but the corner was just giving her no real advice. You're doing great. You're going to wear on her. She doesn't want to be in there with you. But what are you talking about? Tell her to move forward. 
you got to move forward. You got to throw punches. You got to rough her up. You got to try to take her down. Like you're doing nothing. You're standing in front of her getting chewed up with a right hand and a body kick. Do something. Um, yeah, I, but I just felt like it was, uh, it was Laura Murphy just happened to be there type of situation. All right. Uh, listen, for all my, um, Nate, uh, Diaz bros fans might want to earmuffs it for a little bit. Cause, um, I thought about this since last night, I was blown away by what I saw. So you got Robbie Lawler versus Nick Diaz. Obviously, was on the DS side. Um, man, listen, I, I'm not a Diaz bro fan. I, I've never been a huge Nick Diaz guy or Nate, but I have admitted, and I will admit, it's something special when they fight. They're needle movers. It truly is. The crowd was buzzing for Nick, and uh, he and I always thought he was better than Nate as well. When he was very active, I thought he was the better version of, 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 of the Diaz bros. So all week people were very upset with his interviews and his shadow boxing and everything. And none of that bothered me. Cause that's just, that's just Nick. That's just that, you know, that's what he is. That's how he talks. He's actually pretty insightful. He kind of opens up. He does not, he's honest about the way he thinks, which I think is refreshing. He always shadows boxes like that. And, and the one thing, and I tweeted this out. Was the weight change so late? Um, that really threw me off, right? So people are saying, well, maybe he was injured, right? Maybe he was. I don't think he really trained for this, if I'm being completely honest with you. He was 185 pounds, which I think he probably walks around about 190, right? So he had to cut a couple couple pounds. Could No way he could make 170. He said he was dealing a lot of stuff in his personal life. He had a manager switch up, whatever. He kept saying, I don't know how this fight got put together, blah, blah, blah. Um, that's just typical Diaz bro shit. But he looked very soft in there. He did. His his physique didn't look good. I know he's 38, and I know he's not a, a young 25 Nick Diaz anymore. But even when he fought Anderson Silva at 85, which was, I know, six years ago, so he's 32. But, um, you know, he didn't look this loose. He looked loose. And then he came out very, very, very slow. Same old boxing, same old Nick with the, the pitter-pat, but he didn't move his feet at all. When's the last time you've seen Nick Diaz pinned against the cage like that? Now, I'm not taking anything away from Robbie Lawler. Robbie Lawler fought a beautiful fight, walked forward. He seemed confident as well. He seemed happy in the in the uh, corner, was taking big body shots, was taking some good head shots as well, walked through all that, was landing his shots of his own, never, never... Um, the teared away from the game plan. And, and, and I'm going to talk a lot more about Nick than am Robbie, but much respect to Robbie. That was the right play. People were on him and I got blinded by the Diaz bros hype. I got blinded by being a fan and, and, and that's fine. I'll take this out. I'll wear this out, but um, nothing respect for Robbie. Robbie gets a three star. He would have got more, but I think Nick, that's not Nick Diaz. That's not the guy that, we've all loved and we've all watched. There was no anger. There was no mean scowl. There was no killer intent. There was no anything. He didn't want to be there. And the only time he cracked a smile was when it was over. After he quit, a Diaz brother quit, which is absolutely mind-blowing. Nick Diaz probably made a cool mill, maybe more if he's getting pay-per-view points. Um, probably three or four mil. And he ain't coming back, right? He might come back later in life somewhere else in his 40s to get another paycheck. But if you're the UFC, and if you're anybody who has watched the, the Diaz brothers fight, and you're happy with that, people are like, oh, it's boxed. Listen, Nick Diaz couldn't box for six years, and his boxing's going to look good. He looks slow. And he didn't look like he wanted to be there. He knows how to fight. So he showed up and he fought. But the minute he Robbie was staying in his face, and the minute he realized, shit, I don't like these body kicks. I don't like these kicks. He looked for a way out. He, he took one hard shot, got put to his knee, flopped to his back. Robbie let him up. He told Herzog, I quit. That is absolutely crazy to me. 
because the Diaz brothers, everyone loves them. They love them because of how tough they are. I, I really don't think this is going to hurt his stock. I want to say it will. It's definitely going to hurt his stock with me. But for the casual fan and the fan of the Diaz brothers, this is just going to be overlooked the minute he gets booked. And it's even crazier to even think back in his interview at Brad Okamoto how he was calling for Kamaru Usman. I should be fighting Usman. You can't even make 170, bro. You look fat at 185. You look tired. You quit after you took one hard shot. And then you were the happiest minute the fight was over and started congratulating people. That's not why people are fans of the Diaz brothers. They're fans of the Diaz brothers because they scream at the camera, where are you at, George? After a fight, they get in BJ Penn's coach's face. That's why they like the Diaz brothers, because of the fucking mean, tough edge they have. There was no edge. That was fucking pudding. Nick Diaz looked like a pudding pop, soft as a pudding pop in there. Body, uh, his attitude, everything, the punches he was throwing, everything was pudding pop. Um, It's going to take me a little bit to get over that because even though I'm not a Diaz guy, I'm a fan of MMA. I love the sport of MMA. I root for MMA. So the Diaz brothers fighting and winning is the best for MMA. Nick Diaz being around when he is in it is the best thing for MMA. Not this pudding pop. This pudding pop version of Nick Diaz. So all those people who really looked into Diaz earlier in the week with the weight, with the body, with the shadow boxing, with the interview, and steamed it, steamed Robbie's line, and Nick closed that like a minus 150. I got him plus two, or excuse me, plus two, uh, plus 150. I got him at plus 200 on FanDuel. They had to boost it. All those people were right. I fought it because I won it so desperately for the sport for Nick to win. But Robbie looked great. Nick gets a one. The only reason he gets one is because he showed up and, and, and he, he showed out a little bit. He showed the old DS style a little bit. But his kicks, his knees, his footwork, you know, was bad. His punching was the only thing that was good. His head movement wasn't great. His defense was not great. He ran away from the fight. His cardio, he's never going to have Mark Hunt, Ben Rothwell cardio, but it still wasn't a Nick Diaz cardio. This was a this was a guy who went in there and said, fuck it, get paid, whatever happens, this is what I've been doing. This is the only way I know how to get paid at this point. This is a guy that's what the kids on the internet say, down bad. He was down bad. But I don't, I'm not going to get excited for a Nick Diaz fight if he fights again, if this pudding pop version shows up. Can't do it. Can't do it. Won't do it. Can't win with them. All right, Chris Blazers, Jerry, the Rosenstrike, Blades three to one, uh, three starts to one over Rosenstrike. Rosenstrike did nothing, right? You know, couldn't stop the takedown, had some chances on feet, landed a nice knee, Blades took it, Blades dominated this fight. Um, it was a smart play by everyone who picked him. I thought maybe Jerzino could touch him and hurt him. He had that chance with a knee, landed okay punches, but he just, in that third round, he just stood in front of him, just stared at him like he always does. The inactivity is going to be a problem for Rosenstrike. Um, didn't kick, didn't move. I, I really don't know how this guy was a kickboxer when uh, he has big, big power, but his technique is absolute dog shit. So, uh, yeah, Blades just wrestled him and, and, and beat him up. Jessica Andrade versus Cynthia Calvillo. Andrade gets a four. Calvillo gets a one. My most confident bet, she fell to minus 245. She was 280 earlier in the week. A lot of people were like, people are saying Calvillo, you know, uh, she's a dog and I like her as a dog. You know, the, the guy on the line said that like, Oh, Jessica Andrade, you know, this isn't the right weight class for Calvillo is a real one twenty five, or she's going to take her down and, and do what Valentina did wrong. Calvillo's at one fifteen Couldn't make it. Jessica Andrade. Yeah, she's short, but she's strong. She fought at one thirty five, one fifteen, now one twenty five. I think one twenty five is the perfect weight class for her. So you're wrong with your Calvillo take, okay? And uh, I just knew Calvillo couldn't wrestle her and, and couldn't hang with her stand-up. Calvillo looked okay in the counters. Andrade walked through some punches in the early round, but then when Andrade just stepped it forward, finished Calvillo, first one ever to do it. Um, amazing performance. I was all over. I really, truly was. All week, I was I was, I was was happy with her. Had her in a parlay. Should have done a prop. Should have done this. 
Um, that's all me. Not re- not not believing my gut, not trusting my read from on a Monday uh, uh, until a Saturday. So that's all me for passing up the money on her. I did have her on parlay, which lost, but uh, she looked fantastic, as she always does. She's a fucking beast. She'll fight next weekend. She doesn't give a fuck. She doesn't give a fuck. She'll fight anybody. I love that. Uh, Marlon Rice was Marab Dallas really fucking another insane fight here. Marlon Rice gets a two. And take a wild fucking guess what Marab gets. Just an unbelievable fucking performance from Marab Dallas. Really, this guy's the fucking real deal, man. Heart for days and and just, you know, got hit and rocked by a true, true finisher. A guy who's finished a lot of people. And Marab was hurt bad. And Marlon blew himself out and Marab took over. If he would have finished that first round, the fucking... T-Mobile Arena would explode it. But he came out that second round just fucking dominated. Marlon Marice, one of the better bodies in all of MMA. Jacked arms. Abbed up. Where's your cardio, bro? You've never had it. At least not in the UFC so far. The only fight where he's looked semi-good cardio-wise was the Aldo fight, which he won a split decision, which I thought he lost. But what happened to this guy's cardio? Right. And, and Marab just doesn't slow down. And apparently you can't fucking take him out. I, you know, his nickname's the machine, which is a great nickname, but I think they should change it to built different. Cause this dude is built fucking different. Crazy performance. Um, round of the year. One of them. I mean, Ortega Volkanovsky round three is right up there, but shit, man, that was some incredible stuff by Marab. I think we, we, this was a huge fight for him, a big step up for him. Um, the main event leading into the pay-per-view, the main event of the prelims, essentially leading into the pay-per-view, a lot of eyes are on you and you just became a star. You're a sweet guy. You work your ass off. You love America. You're proud of being from Georgia, uh, the country of Georgia, but you love that you're in America. Now I love that you rep two flags. Um, the, the, how can you not root for this guy? Just how can you not? He's only gotten better. His striking is is still a work in progress, but his cardio, he's relentlessness and his willing to fucking die in there. This guy is willing to die in there. Crazy. Marlon Marais, do you, do you cut him now? He's been finished his last three times out. I know against high-level guys, but do you bring him back? I'm sure he's making a nice little price tag. Uh, what do you do? This guy looks like a, a broken fighter with no confidence. Maybe... Release them out there. I mean, PFL, Bellator, sweep them up. Maybe you can get some wins over there. I don't know, but uh, this is a guy who's a world champ outside of there. I mean, he left New Jersey, went to American Top Team, and just has not really panned out for him. Uh, next up, Dan Hooker versus Nasrat. Hooker gets a four. Nasrat gets a two. Nasrat should probably got more. Again, I was being a little harsh. Uh, his mother died. He had visa issues. So uh, Hooker's mother didn't die, but he had visa issues as well. Hooker far smart, man. Stayed at range. Avoided the big shots, which is the only only thing you have to worry about in Nasrat because he throws the same combinations over and over again. You're going to get a read on it, um, like I said. But, yeah, this is um, this is Hooker just took over. You know, he fucking took over. And, and, and uh, yeah, great performance. Good to see Hooker bounce back like that. And he hit this one. He looked durable. He looked tough. He looked strong. His cardio held up and, uh, you know, cleaned some things up. And I think he could be he could have finished this fight. But, is what it is. Great performance. All right, next up, Shamil Akhmadada versus Chris Dalkus. Dalkus is a three. Shamil gets a two. Admittedly, Dalkus should probably get a three or four here. I gave him a three. Um, great performance by a, a fucking gritty, tough vet in Shamil. Um, I don't know why I gave Dalkus a three here. I thought it was a great performance. Knocked him out. He's knocked everyone out. He's fought. He looked lean and mean in there. Good call out. I liked who he called out. I think it was sensible. I would like to see him fight a wrestler in Curtis Blades. I would like to see him fight high up against uh, Stipe, who's never going to take that fight. And I also want to see him uh, against Tom Aspinall. But a lot of people on Twitter are like, hey, what? those two stars are lining up. Let's not have a meet, which I usually agree with, but they've done it before. Um, so there's a lot of options for Dawkins. He's an exciting guy at heavyweight. He looked leaned out. you know. He's got that looser body, and he's not all abbed up. But he looks fantastic. Physically and, and, and even cardio wise too. It went in the second round. And he was still just as fast. Hurt Shamil in that first round with a beautiful left hook and then and then hit him again with a right hook and uh, right hand in the uh second round and put him out. Great finish by Dawkins. Again, don't know why I gave him a three. Hmm. I wonder what uh what my problem was. What was your problem, dude? Uh Roxanne Montefiore versus Tala Santos. Tala gets a three, Roxanne gets a two. Roxanne gets a two, just kinda like her. 
I'm a fan of hers. She's a legend. She's an OG woman. Uh, I would like to see her maybe on a broadcast sometime, maybe analysis if that, I don't know if that's going to be up her alley. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know if that's gonna be up her alley or not, but, uh, you know, she's got all the mind. She's got all the fucking knowledge on Santos. Just, just, I know she's young, but need to have a little more killer instinct. Land her right hand. I went for a clinch takedown. I'm just like, what? What, you, what is she doing? You had her hurt. Uh, and they said Roxanne fixed her eyesight problem, right? But she looks like she's still struggling seeing in there. I think maybe it's just so much to check it out. All right, Uso Medic was Jalen Turner. Medic is a zero. Zero. I'm not talking about him. Uh, Jalen Turner gets a three. Listen, Jalen Turner is a lot better than I gave him credit for. This is 100% on me. Um, Turner looked great stand up. His striking has always been phenomenal. His confidence is there. He's coming back in injury and, and he's, and he's starting to get a ground game too. that rear naked choke with that long frame could be a problem when he really, really, really tightens up his jujitsu. Uh, medic just never once had a shot in this fight. Never. Uh, I don't know. He was so confident. He came out. He was so eager to fight and just, he was never in it. You know, he got touched one or two times and was like, oh, okay. Oh, Oh, this is what it's like being in here with a guy who's who's been in the UFC for a while and has fought some really good guys. Oh, this is what it's like. Okay, yeah, Turner was was head and shoulders are better than him, but I don't. And and I said Medic got exposed, and some guy on Twitter's like, I don't expose is a big word. What do you want me to say? He was seven and zero with a lot of hype. He was the favorite over Jalen Turner, which was a great dog play for anyone that played him. A lot of sharps, a lot of smarter people than me played him, but he's a fucking favorite at seven and zero that people are talking about. He got exposed. There's no other word for it guy. He got exposed. Uh, next up, Matt Sullenberg was, was Martin Sano. Sullenberg gets a three. Would have got a four. Great knockout. Amazing knockout was my send him home. I hit on it, but Martin Sano's a zero. Martin Sano should not be in the UFC. It was, it was, a, you know, he got hired. He got brought in for Nick Diaz. I, I, you got to cut him after this. The guy's not made for the UFC. I don't even know he's made for MMA fighting. Uh, yeah, I, I, this is just your buddy. Your buddy's like, Hey, he's, you know, when you go play pickup basketball, Hey, he's playing, he's on my team. And everyone's like, fuck, this guy sucks, but he's got to play right. Cause his buddy's good. You know what I mean? Um, and, but this isn't a sport to do that. You can get fucking hurt on this. And, and, and Salzberger, big, big, powerful dude slapped him with an incredibly hard right hand. Uh, Omar Morales or Jonathan Pierce Morales gets a zero because, um, yeah, just cause he does. Fuck you, Morales. No, I uninspired performance. You, 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 this is the one thing that bothers me about some of these MMA fighters is, is, is Morales comes from a big enough camp that you know what Pierce is going to do. You know his path to victory, yet you do nothing to stop it. You let him do that to you. That's got to be, that. that's on the trainers. I mean, that's on Morales as well, but that's on people game playing this, you know. Uh, Jonathan Pierce is good, but is he fucking that good to be able to just hold you down and submit you like that? You know what the fuck is happening here? What is going on? But that was UFC 266. Amazing. I, I give it a 4.3 out of 5. Incredible card. Incredible main card. The prelims were good as well, but uh, that main event alone is incredible. Um, it's sad to see Nick Diaz the way he is. The pudding pop version. Uh, Marab became a star and, and put everyone on notice and, uh, yeah, great, great pay-per-view. I loved it. Big old drink there. We're going to end with the Contender Series preview. Um, I've been doing this just looking off records. I do know uh, a fighter. Uh, I, I followed his career that is fighting on the Contender Series, so that's a little unfair advantage. But the rest of them I don't know. I'm just looking at the records and picking the winners. I have no idea what the lines are. Um, going strictly off records and I've been doing pretty well. I haven't bet them. Um, you know, I'm just doing picks, but maybe I should start betting them. I wish we could legally bet in Ohio. Cause I would, it's just, I don't feel like driving to fucking Indiana on a Monday or Tuesday or whatever, you know, Tuesday morning, Monday, whatever. I don't feel like driving there during the week. You know I mean? I'm I got shit going on. Um, but yeah, let's do this. Let's preview this while we got everything recapped while we're here. I miss talking to you lads, your lads. I miss talking to you, your blokes. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's, 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 it's great. You know, we're going to have to pick them up. Johnny Walker versus Tiago Santos latest week, full video. Hopefully we'll get Christian on. 
Um, he didn't get to do the pick because he was on vacation, you know, doing fish broils and probably fucking wrestling with sharks or something. I don't know. The guy's a wild man. Um, but maybe we'll have him on this week and do a pick him for Johnny Walker versus Tiago Santos. Cause the cards, cards are right. There's some lines, there's some, some plays in there that I kind of like early. So fun to break that down. But right now contender series time, let's go first fight. You got Rivazan Kulev 10 and two versus Edvian Santos, 12, two and one, 12, two and oh, Rizvan Kulev fighting on Dagestan, Russia. Hmm. I wonder how he fights heavyweight 6'4", 26 years old, uh, big boy here, right? Big boy here. Hasn't lost since 2015 to Justin Willis by the uh, decision majority. Darko Stoziak beat him back in 2014 as well. Both have fought and been in the UFC. The Justin Willis gives me pause that he lost to him. I know it was early in his career, but, you know, Justin Willis, uh, am I thinking? Yeah, yeah. Big, uh, big pretty. That's, you know, mm, th- that win doesn't sit well with me. So then he took two years off and he came back and he beat uh, Charles Andre, 33 and 34. Konstantin Agdulev, decision 11 and 5. Yo, Jose Imanev finally finished him, his first finish. Uh, 5 and 9. David Yegodo, 2 and 0. Oh, oh, man, you're on your fucking like 10th pro fight and you're fighting guys with 0 and 0 records. Norman Nadiv, he choked him out back in 2019. He was 0-0. Uh, Shamil Abazov, puncher's uh, referee stoppage. He was 5-0. What has he done since then? 7-2. Okay, so that's a good win. Uh, Rude Vuju. Vernju. Vernuju. Vernuji. Uh, and he's coming off a knockout win in the third round over Vladimir Deoko, which is a good win. That's 13-5. So he's obviously just fighting some Russians. And getting it done, Evident Edvin Santos, 6'4", uh, says his class is middleweight, which, uh, did he, is he going up? I mean, 6'4", so it's probably, yeah, it's, it's a heavyweight. So he used to fight at middleweight, now he's at heavyweight. Generally, I don't like that. Ask Jay Collier. Um, again, Brazilian guy fighting just bums. A lot of knockouts on his record. Looks like he's got some pretty good... Stand up, but he fought a guy, William Tellies, back in 2020, who was one and two, knocked him out in the first round. He fought Enzio Lucas, who was 0 and 0, knocked him out in the first round. This is all in 2020. William Tellies again, who was one and 13, guillotine choke in the first round. Davi Lucas, who was 0 and 10, key lock in the first round in 2021. This guy has fought two fighters with a winning record, well, at least when he fought them. Um, wow, that's bad. That's a bad record. Give me the Russian. Give me all the points on the Russian. Fuck, I mean, 12 and 2 with this Brazilian. Get out of here. Lucas Almeida's next. 12 and 0. I feel like I've heard this name, but there's a lot of Almeida's out there. Lightweight, 5'11, 30 years old. Let's see. All right, find some good guys. Nico Kukulo, 9 and 2. Bruno Tavares, 12 and 3. Edson Faria, Gana Miranda. KO, KO, arm triangle. A lot of variations of wins. He's obviously undefeated. A lot, you know, a lot of his fights happen in Brazil, but he's got a nice assortment of a record. He's fought some bets. He's fought some guys who have winning records. You know, not too bad there. He's fighting Daniel Zellherber, Huber, Italian or Mexico? Mexico, geez, Brian. Mexico, 6'1", lightweight, 22 years old. These Mexican kids are scrappy, but they have a lot of inexperience. Has he been fighting on combates at all? Okay. Some one fight on Combates, two fights on Combates. Uh, Martin Strangle Gonzalez, 0 and 0. He beat him by ground and pound. It's not great. 12 and 3. Alex Barone by punches, calf slicer. So, again, got some good wins, some good ways. But if you're asking me the regional scene in Brazil to the regional scene in Mexico, obviously you're going to go Brazil. These guys both are undefeated. They have a lot of wins by various ways, whether it be submission, whether it be knockout. Give me Almeida. Just because I'm more impressed with the Brazilian scene. All right, the guy that I know, Aaron Jeffrey, stud, um, fall in the contender series, lost to Brandon Allen by rear naked choke. No shame in that. Brandon Allen um, has done very well in the UFC, you know, and then his other loss is to Sean Brady, who's done very well in the UFC. Um, and ever since the Brandon Allen loss, he went to, I believe, the LFA. Yeah, Andre Podolsky, who just fought in the Ultimate Fighter. 
Biazza went over him, knocked him out in the second round. Colin Huckleberry, Huckbody, excuse me, who fought on contender series. Oh, excuse me. Let me say that again. Take two, fought in the contender series and passed, passed on the contract, I thought. Uh, so that's a big win by Colin Hawkbuddy as well. The decision unanimous. Fights with my boy Chris. Oh, train, fight. Trains with my guy Chris Curtis in Vegas. Looks to be in incredible shape. I follow him on social media. He is fighting Cal Barajo, uh, Sao Paulo, 6'1 middleweight, 26 years old, coming off a grappling loss. Other than that, looks like he's got some decent wins by Choke, Anaconda, um, some knockouts. Um, no names I recognize, but you know his last three wins were guys with winning records. Two decisions, one finish. Looks like he wants to get this fight to the ground, and, and, and Aaron Jeffrey has been exposed before in the ground, but I think Jeffrey's cleaned up holes. He's a young kid. He's a strong kid. Give me Jeffrey all for all of it. For all the marbles, give me Jeffrey. Manuel Gaxaha. I don't know this flag. Albania. Okay. Fighting out of the Netherlands, but is, I believe that's an Albanian flag. Pretty sick there. Uh, undefeated fighter. Uh, it's fought nobody. This guy's fought nobody though. Oh and oh, oh and oh, oh and oh, oh and two, one and one, oh and oh, one and two. It's fighting Chris Duncan. I mean, listen, uh, two finishes, three finishes. You know, I, I what, what? the reason I, I get upset is because guys like this are are could possibly win a contract when my guy Chris Curtis is not. He's fighting Chris Duncan, who I believe is Scottish. The problem, Chris Duncan, is Scottish. Uh yeah, matches punches KO, punches KO, all finishes on his record. Give me the Scott Chris Duncan. Um, he looks like a rough and tumble guy in there. Uh, I think I might be Scottish, so give me the Scott. And the main event is Lucas Sodolski, who I've heard of as well. Not as much as I've heard of Aaron Jeffrey or no Aaron Jeffrey. Heavyweight, 6'4", 28 years old. Lot of wins, all wins by finish besides two. Um not really fight many guys. I believe he's Polish. Is that what he is? Yeah, Polish. We saw the Polish heavyweight last time, or, or this is at 205, excuse me. Not look great. He's fighting Duelist, Igor Potroya, fighting out of Ukraine. This guy's got a good record, 19-2. and two. A lot of KOs, a lot of good wins on here, but he's just not fighting anybody, man. His last win was over Georgi Kubalasadlevi. Five and two, eleven and five, zero oh and two, zero oh and three. You know, a lot of these guys have padded records. Maybe they can't get fights where they're at. Give me Sadolsky, go the Polish over the Ukrainian. Can't believe I just did that, but it is what it is. All right, that's the podcast. Thanks for listening to me for the recap. We'll be back with the pickums later this week. Hopefully, we have Christian on. Uh, thank you for everyone who said the kind words for me on Anakin Florian. Follow me on Everybody Takes Podcast on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Instagram, even though I am not very active on Instagram. All right. Hey, pal, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Woo! Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? He's real good. The name is Dalton.